Welcome to a Healing Peace podcast. We strive to create a place where women can come together to talk, grow, be refreshed, and renewed as we navigate life's hurdles. Inside this podcast series, we discuss shaping our identity, where we provide tools for conquering life's waves. Let's dive in. Welcome back. This podcast series, we've been talking about shaping our identity. I hope you enjoyed the last three episodes where we've been talking about strength. Well, we are continuing to build upon what we're learning. And I'm excited to discuss our next three episodes. We're going to talk about worthiness. Yes, we will talk about walking in a worthy manner. And guess what? This week's title is, I Am Worthy. Ladies, how many times have you made this statement about yourself? Go ahead. Try it out. Say it loud. I am worthy. Now, when you made this declaration just a moment ago, did you believe it? Or did you not say it at all? I was challenged in making this declaration and believing it. Earlier this year, I became sick to the point of it landing me in the hospital. I was there for about five days until I was able to be stable enough to leave. During that time, I must admit, I was losing my mind. Yes, I got a little cray-cray. Why? Because I missed my home. I wanted to be in my own location, my own comfort, my own peace, my own abode. And I became tired of not doing anything. Some people may think, oh, I get a week off. Well, that's not cool for a worker bee. Because for a word be, we hate not working. Anyways, there was a period during my stay where I felt as though I was unworthy of all the care and the attention that I was receiving. I could not believe how thorough the hospital staff were. Anything I needed, they quickly responded. When I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing, they marched right in and said, now, Miss Baker, uh, you know that you're supposed to be doing this or that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll go plug myself up. And then there was one time where I was on the phone with my mother, and she overheard the staff. She, too, was impressed and said, you were in a great hospital. I cannot believe how many times they check on you and ask you questions and they're so polite. I said, oh no. And she ended with, man, they are taking great care of you. After my hospital stay, 
I told my friend about my experiences. I told her that I felt like royalty. I said, I felt like I was famous. <laughs> but of course I'm not. I told her about the staff and, and how they treated me so well and all the visitors that came and sat with me, talked with me, brought me stuff. I was, I was feeling a little small. And uh, she smiled and nodded at me. And, and then I told her, I said, man, like I felt so unworthy of my treatment. We tried it for a few minutes more. And by the end of the conversation, she stated, Kimir, it is natural to think that you're not worthy because we're not worthy in relation to the gift that Jesus provided us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was getting a little spiritual on me. But I, I sat and I listened and she continued and she stated, who we were before Christ entered our lives did not leave us worthy of God's precious gift through his son. And I sat back a little bit and I was kind of disappointed because I kind of wanted her to say, yeah, girl, you worthy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it. I tell you got it. But no, she got spiritual on me. And uh, she continued to state that it's God who makes us worthy. Not these experiences, not people, but simply God makes us worthy. My eyes opened up a little bit wider. And she concluded with, hey, go read this book. The Search for Significance, Seeing Your True Worth Through God's Eyes by Robert McGee. So you see, you guys, just like I give you guys assignments, I have people in my life giving me assignments too. And I did. I went and I read the book. It was phenomenal. And it opened my eyes to so many good things that I have in God and Christ. I encourage you to read it as well. The book is listed on thehealingpeace.com in the feature book section. Okay, I'll come back to my hospital story later. Until then, you know how we do. <laughs> Let's dive into some scriptures. We've been discussing Ephesians so far. We reviewed Ephesians, well, not everything in Ephesians 1 through 3, but some of the scriptures have come from Ephesians 1 through 3. And in this grouping of scriptures, Paul is actually providing guidance for our everyday lives. And where we pick up this week is chapter 4. And in chapter 4, Paul transitions to request believers to live according to that guidance. <laughs> you see, this whole time, he was giving us a little warm and fuzzies, getting us ready so that we can take some action. And you know what? He does not disappoint. He starts off with the bang by charging believers to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which they have been called. 
for those listening, I got a question for you. Do you feel like you have it on straight with your relationship with God? Do you feel as though your life reflects walking worthily? As you think through these questions, I want to spend some time talking about this walking in a manner worthy. Earlier in Ephesians 2, Paul declares that we are God's workmanship, meaning God made us. Paul continues by stating that believers were created in Christ for good works. These good works were prepared way before all of us was born. Why did God do this? Why so long ago? So that we could walk in them. You see, God is always real smart. He knows that we can easily get off the path. Sometimes we just make things a little too complicated. You know, like I said before, I'm an engineer. I can kind of overthink everything. And God would be like, what in the world? You didn't have to go through all that. Same here. Like, God's like, I'm going to nip all this in the bud. I'm going make it simple. I'm going to provide a roadmap that's not based on your actions or confusion. But it's a roadmap based on his truth that is readily available for all of us. In his brilliance, God created us in his son for good works that we can walk in. This means our good works reflects our creation in Christ. As we're put on our new self and as we're walking in them, it actually reflects how we present this creation to others. In the first podcast series, Eyes That See, I talked about God's calling and gifts never change, despite our response or how we handle them. Now, in Ephesians 4, Paul talks about our calling once more, but this time it's in the context of us walking in a worthy manner. You see, our response to God's calling and gifts remaining intact is that we walk worthily or simply our lives reflect Christ within us. Now, as I've been saying this, you may be wondering, well, how do we do it? <laughs> what does that mean? It kind of, is it going to be easy? Well, my questions earlier may have kind of started you thinking in this direction. Those questions being having it on straight or your life reflecting, walking worthily. Well, Paul does not disappoint. As I said before, he's very thorough. He's a real smart man. And he tells us a little bit more detail. He adds, walking in humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, and love. I think by now, you know that I like to nerd out a little bit. Well, here's my nerd moment. Let's examine what humility, gentleness, patience, and tolerance mean. 
Humility means a deep sense of one's moral littleness. You're probably like, what in the world? What in the world does that mean? Basically, you have humble, you have a humble opinion of yourself. You're basing your opinion on God's truth versus comparing it to others. When you compare yourself to others, you may think, man, I am looking pretty good right now. Yeah. And as I say this, I do this, unfortunately, a, a lot so I can feel better about my shortcomings. But instead of me comparing myself to other people so I can look good, I need to compare myself against God's standard. Thus, I know that I mortally fall short to God's standard. But here's the deal. I'll always fall short. And that's why I rely on God's strength. And that's why I need him in my life. Try to simplify that. I need him. Okay, let's move forward. Let's talk about gentleness. Now, when I'm talking about gentleness here, I, I'm referring to the original language of the Bible. And the word is first linked towards God. It's actually saying that we accept his dealings with us as good. And because of that, we do not dispute it or resist it. Simply, we do not fight against God. We surrender to his will in our lives. This understanding then crosses over to how we interact with people. Despite their actions towards us, we allow God to discipline, rebuke, and transform the person. We do not get in God's way, and we accept how God deals with the person. This person can be somebody you love deeply, or even despise. But in both contexts, we surrender them to God. Moving forward, patience. Patience means long suffering, long suffering, and slowness to avenge wrongs. Tolerance means to bear, to endure a person with his or her opinions and actions. Like, we're enduring it. We're like, oh, I'm tolerating. I'm enduring it. And we tie all of this together with love. Now, in Colossians 3, Paul adds to this list. Instead of starting the list with humility, he states, put on a heart of compassion, kindness. He also ends the list, he adds to the end of the list with forgiving one another. I'm grateful for the second list because, again, I'm kind of literal, you know, put things together, big puzzle pieces, but it's kind of like he's saying, before you can even attempt all these things, I must have a heart of compassion. You must have a heart of compassion. And this compassion is fueled by mercy. Just like God did for me, he's asking me to do the same by extending mercy and forgiveness. Okay, so I'm going to do a little check here. I'll be honest. 
uh, after I went in more detail, who said this is hard to do? Mm-hmm. I know at one point I was like, uh, I don't want to talk about it no more. This is some hard stuff. But before we get stuck on the amount of work it takes, let's look at the benefit of being this way. Paul states that when we're acting in this manner, we establish unity, which fosters the bond of peace. Instead of us fighting with one another and no longer talking to each other, because we're possessing these qualities, we're getting along. There, there's a community, there's a bond, there's a fellowship. And we're willing to be in each other's lives. And again, what's the benefit of all of that? Well, we develop long-term relationships where we are in each other's lives for the long haul. Okay, remember how I said I'm gonna go back to the story and about the hospital? All right, and how everybody was treating me like royalty? Well, actually, after my stay, someone politely told me that the hospital is known for being the worst in all the city. I was like, what in the world? Yeah, that wasn't my experience at all. Even my mother noted how nice they were treating me and how well they were caring for me. I scratched my head and I thought through the details of my visit. Then it hit me. While I was there, I made sure that I spoke to everyone who cared for me. I asked about their days. I asked them, why did they choose the field? And I also thanked them for their service. Even though I was the one who required care, I wanted them to feel the love of Christ. I didn't always talk about God, but they knew that I was different. In fact, several of the techs would just come into my room to talk to me. They all commented that I was an easy patient and they enjoyed taking care of me. One nurse even stated that our interactions reminded her to why she first became a nurse, to care and help people. You see, that when I clothed myself in these characteristics, even though I was not specifically dealing with believers, people responded in a pleasant way. You may be calming down a little bit and thinking, okay, uh, all right, yeah, okay. This is, this is achievable. Yes, yes, this is achievable. And, you know, there's actually value for us possessing these qualities and treating others in this way. Okay, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? Let's, let's think about walking worthily in another way. In Colossians 1, Paul also tells the believers to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. But he adds to please God in all respects and to bear fruit of every good work. So how do we really walk in a manner worthy? By doing all things to please him. Therefore, the next time when you challenge to respond a certain way, think about what pleases God versus the person. What will make God happy in this situation 
as you interact with others. Know that when you are pursuing to please God, you're not basing your worth on others and their approval of you. Instead, your focus on the God who loves and appreciates you unconditionally. And in pleasing him, you know that you will bear fruit for all the good work you're doing. For me, my fruit was better health care treatment. Hands down, I was treated like a queen. But sometimes the fruit will be that the fullness of God is seen in your life. You have the privilege of representing God and his name. I'll conclude with this. God created you for good works and when we walk in them, we proclaim. Yes, we proclaim, I am worthy. I am worthy of my calling. I am worthy of my salvation. I am created in worthiness, which is demonstrated in the fullness of Christ within me. All right, ladies. This is it for today's podcast, but join me for our next podcast. We're going to talk to another life coach, and we're going to discuss walking in worthiness. You do not want to miss it.